Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bull, Director of Public Affairs. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the developments with Missouri's eminent domain law. This is something we've been working on for a number of years, and unfortunately it hasn't gotten across the finish line previous sessions, but uh, we're trying to make a big push this year to get it done in the next month before the Missouri legislative session ends in mid-May. So today we're going to be uh, talking about this with B.J. Tanksley, our Director of State Legislative Programs. BJ, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Eric, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, as you said, this is an issue that Missouri Farm Bureau has been working on for some time. Um, since we first heard about the proposed Grain Belt Express transmission line going proposed across northern Missouri, um, this has been something Missouri Farm Bureau members have been concerned with. And we've been engaged in this discussion at every level, both at the legal, regulatory, and legislative level, trying to push back and, and keep a good perspective of where what we referred to as the government's ultimate power of eminent domain should and shouldn't be used. And and we feel like, and Missouri Farm Bureau members feel like, that this is an excessive use of the of the power um, where we're, we're looking to uh, possibly carry power, across, largely carry power across the state of Missouri. Now, in order to get the power of eminent domain, the company did say that they would drop a little power here in the state of Missouri. They don't have all that power contracted yet. And, um, and it's really up to them in the future how much of that power they choose to leave here in Missouri, or what they ultimately want to do is get it to the East Coast, where there's a lot more power need, and therefore more profits to be made. And so we're looking to push back on this again, continuing it this year. We are lucky the House did pass the bill again. Uh, it's been a couple years where the House has agreed with our position, and now it's in the Senate. And the Senate bill is actually going to be heard in committee this week. And in conjunction with that, we're hosting a rally in the state capitol, and we would like to invite everybody to come join us. Um, show your support for property rights being put in the right place and restricting the use of eminent domain. Um, this is a great opportunity. We're really going to try to have our voices heard. As you said, uh, we're looking at about four weeks left in session, three weeks following this one. May 14th is the end of this thing. So we're trying to put a final push on there um, to make sure that everybody knows, that our Senate knows that we feel strongly about this and that it's not just Farm Bureau. It's not just B.J. Tanksley and our team here talking about this issue, but hundreds and thousands of Missouri Farm Bureau members across the state worried about this expanse. You know, one of the things that I find most interesting is for years, as we've talked about this issue, we have said that this is precedent setting, that if you wanted to carry wind energy from the wind-rich states to the East Coast markets, Missouri is kind of the place you've got to look because Iowa has said no to these types of projects. Arkansas has said no. And Missouri is kind of the lone one left there in the middle that has not taken action on this. Well, in the House hearing just a couple weeks ago, when they were being when they were taking testimony, proponents of the project said, yes, this is precedent setting. We would like to see multiple of these types of projects crossing the state of Missouri. The thing that is most interesting about that is We've always said that, that it's not just about Buchanan and Caldwell and crossing the northern Missouri flat areas, but that it could happen anywhere in the state of Missouri if we don't take action on this. And then finally, we had proponents of the opposite side actually say... Yes, it is precedent setting. We yeah. do want to have multiple of these projects. It's not a one-time thing. It's not just the 4,000 megawatts, but that it would be more and more over the future. And, and this is a project that has been in the works for – it's been like 10 years since they mm-hmm. first proposed it, I think. So this is not something recent. It's really been something that's been 
drug out over time, actually. And, and part of that is because people that are members of Missouri Farm Bureau and, and some others, too, have been uh, putting up as much of a fight as they could to stand up for their property rights. And so let's go back into the background of this a little bit and explain what exactly the project is and what what the complaints are. What the, what are the problems people have with it? You know, we have power lines across the state of Missouri all over the place when you drive. So what is it about this that is wrong? Why, why, is, it, why is it different? The major difference between this is the ultimate goal of the project. The ultimate goal of this project is to take wind energy from western Kansas across Missouri, uh, across Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, into Indiana, and then get that onto the East Coast grid. Now, uh, in and of itself, that's not really a major difference. But like you said, we have power lines. But we typically know, even if I don't love seeing the power line that I have to see at our farm or at our house, we know that that power line is serving one of our close neighbors or somewhat immediate neighbors. Well, in this process, in this case, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And this 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 is a for-profit company looking to sell energy on the grid and to be able to make as much profit as possible. And we're not against making profit, but those other companies who have the power of eminent domain to build utility lines across the state, they're governed by the PSC. Their actual profit margins are governed by the PSC. Their rates and their customer base are all really controlled by our public service commission here in the state of Missouri. Grain Belt got the power of eminent domain from the PSC without having the necessary regulation from the PSC Mm -hmm. on the back in. So it's a large difference. It's uh, all the positives and none of the negatives. Of they, course, yeah. They get yeah. to pick and choose uh, what what to take from Missourians, mm-hmm. but they don't have to actually serve us and be in our neighborhoods every day, you know, driving utility trucks to come solve the problem when our power is out. They get to take the power of eminent domain to get land on the cheap, but don't actually have to serve Missourians uh, as a utility, exactly. That's exactly right. And they are they have um, co- they have looked at and they have some contracts to put some power into a handful of municipalities. But those are short term contracts on the grander scheme of things. That rate could change at any time. The other side is going around saying this is huge savings for these municipalities. Well, currently it might be, and that's very easy for them to say. No municipality actually along the Grain Belt line ap- agreed to take any of the power from this thing. So I think it's a little disingenuous that they will argue, oh, we're really bringing a greater good. No one that is receiving that cheap rate can actually even see the line or has anybody that would be impacted by it. And let's be quite frank. You're exactly right. You talked about by getting the land on the cheap. We see other types of infrastructure projects that don't have the power of eminent domain that are allowed to move forward. You know, there's a lot of people that are for the, the transmission line that would say, well, if it wasn't for the power of eminent domain, this could never happen. Well, that's not exactly true. We look at these major wind farms across northern Missouri, especially in northwest. They're able to put together major wind projects working with willing landowners. I would venture to guess that if the compensation was similar, you could probably find a path across the state of Missouri with willing landowners not having to take the land by the power of eminent domain. Now, it may be harder. It may be a more difficult situation. But from Missouri Farm Bureau's perspective, that's not a problem. That That is that is that may be um, inconvenient for the company, but we would like to see those landowners rightly compensated and be able to make their own arguments. It's like several that are along the line have said, um, my farm's not for sale, and the only thing that's going to change that 
that is eminent domain. And that's really unfortunate that they feel like they've been put in such a position. Yeah, it is. And and you mentioned that they've made some agreements. And, and many of these are things that came after the fact, after mm-hmm. the initial proposal. Oh, absolutely. They made some agreements with some uh, cities around the state of Missouri. Some of them are down almost on the Arkansas border. Oh, yeah. And this absolutely. thing's going across northern Missouri, the line is. But they made a, a sales agreement to say, we'll sell you a little bit of power below cost. Um, well below cost. Try to make make uh, an argument that that means um, that it's now somehow a utility. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't make it a utility. It just means we've agreed to give a little bit of you know cash out to try to buy the power of eminent domain. That's exactly right. It's a good point, Eric, that the PSC actually turned down the project multiple times and said, you don't qualify. Mm -hmm. So every time they got turned down, they would come back and make some changes. And one of the changes they said is, okay, we found someone who will buy this really cheap power in order to say we are serving the state of Missouri. Um, And that... That may sound better to everyone, but it sure doesn't change the impact on the landowners that would be impacted. Yeah. So, And that's just unfortunate that that was allowed to move forward. And that brings up a good point that we hear a lot that, oh, well, the PSC has acted on this. Well, the perspective that's not often added to that is the fact that Missouri Farm Bureau and advo- and landowner advocates have been fighting for this thing for a long time. When I first started in this position in the Capitol, I would go and visit with legislators about it, and they would look me in the eye and say, oh, don't worry, the PSC is going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to take legislative action because the PSC is going to do the right thing. Well, now some of those same voices are saying, well, the PSC's acted. There's nothing we can do. The truth is something needs to be changed to address this to make sure we don't set a precedent that you can just cross the state of Missouri anytime you'd like to without having to rightly compensate the landowners. Yeah, and it seems like um, the, the if you were talking to the people at the PSC, their perspective was kind of like, well, the law is what it is, and we felt like our hands were tied based on what the um, what Invenergy or whoever it was at the time had yeah. put forward, and we had to follow these rules, and you know we disagreed with their interpretation of those rules. But you know, take it at face value. If that is true, well, then that means that the rules aren't right. Mm-hmm. We need to change those rules if that's the way that they're written um, to where these type of projects somehow uh, are able to get eminent domain power. Then that's not right. That's not what the power was intended to be when it was set up. So that's something we ought to reevaluate and maybe look at if the rules need to be updated Mm -hmm. um, because these type of projects aren't going away. They're going to keep on coming. And it ought to be reflecting real public use, not just public desire or, you know, uh, whether or not you can pay off a few cities with with some cheap power that gives you uh, the right to now make a a billion dollars by putting your private project through. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, when we look at these kind of things, we all understand that eminent domain has to be used in certain situations. You know, roads, bridges, major infrastructure projects, they have to be able to move forward. We totally understand that. But when you're looking at something like this where a private company can actually restrict who has access to that power and who doesn't, it's not like they're having to go before the PSC and make those arguments. They can actually say who they're going to contract with and who they're not 
not going to contract with and how much of that power they'll be able to save on the line to get to the places where they're actually going to make profit, which is onto the East Coast market. This is a totally new situation, which is why you're absolutely right. We have to take a look at what we're doing. Yeah, this is not something we've seen before on a large scale project. We have to make sure that the balance is placed there over of, of landowner rights in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> going back uh, a couple days ago reading something I had written last year about trying to make an analogy, and I had uh, written that it'd be like if you tried to build a private road all the way across the state you know, with no exits, and said, you know, I I really want this private road, and it's gonna I'm gonna ship stuff across it, and it's gonna make a ton of money. And um, I don't think I should have to freely negotiate with the landowners. You should just give me it when I want it on the cheap. And uh, instead of building a exits along the road, I'm going to take some of the money I'm making from that line and hand it out to cities around the state to say, hey, fix your local streets with this. You know, you, here's some extra cash. You can go fix your streets yeah. and then pretend like that means I'm now a utility and that I'm a public road. Well, that doesn't actually add up and make That's any good. sense. I was like, man, that was a good analogy. That really is really good. Like that made a lot of That's sense. That really is good because we want to get as much as we can exactly how we want to and only have to give away just enough to justify the project. Yeah, and not to the people along the line. But no, absolutely not. A long way away. So. That's one of the things that m- honestly gets me the most emotional about it is, yeah, it's easy to say, well, we're giving... It's like no one even can see this line that has yeah. agreed to your contract. Like you said, I think it's all the way down basically to the Arkansas border, mm-hmm. a lot over in the Oklahoma, towards Oklahoma, all I across think, South. I think yeah. Thayer was one of the cities. I which believe so. Is, it, I've been through. I've been to Thayer. It straddles the Arkansas <laughs> yes, line. Like you absolutely. can't tell where the line goes through the middle of town. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a long way from, uh, from Randolph County. It is. <laughs> so we're hoping this year that the legislature will finally take action on this issue. Like I said, we've, we've been talking about it for some time and really hoping to get some positive momentum here. Um, there's ourselves yeah, so, so and several other groups coming together for this event. And tell us about the bills that were that are being debated right now and who, who has those and what do they do. Yeah, so Representative Mike Hafner has House Bill 527. Um, it has passed the House overwhelmingly and is now in the Senate. Senator Jason Bean has Senate Bill 508 and Senate Bill 508 is going to be heard in the Commerce Committee tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., and that's um, Wednesday. That is we're Wednesday. On Tuesday, yes, so, yeah. a- April twenty first, and so we're excited about the opportunity. I know the landowners are planning to come out and show out in force, where we're going to have a lot of people testifying at the hearing, and then at one o'clock on Wednesday, we're going to have an event in the Capitol Rotunda to show our support for these bills and, and try to let the Senate know that it's it's time to take action on this, and at least let us have some floor time to debate the bills on their merits and actually get this thing rolling. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a few weeks left. There is still time, um, but time is short and it's time to take action. So we're excited ourselves, the Cattlemen's Association, the corn growers, uh, the landowners along the line, the Missouri Pork Association and the Missouri Soybean Association are coming together for this event. It's going to be a great event. We actually have a number of our statewide elected officials and House and Senate leaderships as well as our bill sponsors are going to be able to speak to the to, to the folks there and then we're going to send them out to go visit with their senators and let them know uh, that they support 
support this um, this this restriction of eminent domain and protecting our property rights. Uh, no no eminent domain for private gain. So mm-hmm. we're we're excited about the opportunity. Um, I'm sure you have the technology to include the links to the event flyers and all that. Um, the other thing, if you're if you're plugging into this podcast and, it, and maybe the event already happened, is you can go to our website and there'll probably be a link included here also um, to send an email to your state senator and let them know where you stand on this issue. If you can't join us on Wednesday, please let your voice be heard. Uh, Farm Bureau doesn't do this often as far as actually asking for a lot of personal contacts to be made, but this is one of our top priorities and we really feel like this is the time when we have to ask for people to get out there, let their voice be heard, and let people know that um, the grassroots believe uh, that we should place this per- this protection for property rights. Yeah, and those links are, we will put those in the show notes. And uh, also, if you see, if sub- it gets techie, it just gets <laughs> over my head quick. Exactly. And, and if you are a subscriber to our newsletter, um, that went out on Monday afternoon. So go check your email and find that. And these links are in that email. I think they were the first item on the email on the newsletter this week. And you can find the information there. Um, so if you are interested in going to this, do you need RSVP or what's the, when do you need to be where? No. So the event is going to happen at 1 o'clock. We're asking people to show up in the Capitol around 1230 just so they can get through security and get placed. But we're hoping to kick off at 1 o'clock in the first floor rotunda. When you come through security from the south side of the Capitol, that's the first kind of opening that you see there. Um, there'll be chairs and we're hoping a couple hundred people to show up and show out and let folks know this is something that the true grassroots across the state of Missouri do care about. Very good. Well, it's going to be hopefully a large crowd tomorrow. We've got the snow going on as we look out the window in the studio here. Oh my. <laughs> it's yes, ridiculous. it is snowing real hard. But hopefully uh, the benefit of that is it'll mean that people are going to have to wait for things to dry out tomorrow and they won't be able to be out in the field. So they'll have the time to come to Jefferson City and, and speak up for for their constitutional property rights. That's right. Hopefully the uh, roads dry out, yes. uh, but it's perfect weather for a rally in the Capitol. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for all your work on this, BJ, and look forward to seeing what kind of a crowd shows up tomorrow and uh, all the contacts we can make. And again, if you can't be there tomorrow or if you don't listen to this until after the rally, that's okay. Go to the show notes or go to our newsletter and find those links so that you can contact your senator and tell them how important this is to you and how important property rights are to Missouri farmers. Thank you all very much. All right. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you all soon.